1: Hello and welcome to mini episode 222 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have four spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 18th of October 2022 and story number one comes from Kevin. I've always had what I call insight. It's like knowing an extra level of the world around me, sometimes predicting events and getting a sense of things around me that no one else can feel. It's like really strong instinct. A few years back I went to work at the Theatre Royal Windsor which is a 200 year old theatre with a lot of personality and not always in a good way. On my first day working in the bar and listening to the other staff talking about the lady in black walking through the walls and Agnes who was the long dead seamstress who didn't like people going into the costume department in the attic. I somehow was never bothered by any of that as they were mostly just stories told to new staff members to creep them out. But since I had my insight, I kind of knew what was basically bullshit or not. Over the years, I had risen through the ranks and become a duty manager, and that meant after the shows each night, when the staff had left, it was my responsibility to lock up all the fire exits and turn off all the lights. You then had to exit through the auditorium before getting out of the building through the stage door. This one night the theatre just felt unsettled and unwelcoming and it was triggering my insight almost continuously like seeing a shadow out of the corner of my eye. I had finished the accounts and locked up the offices. I grabbed the chains from a hook to put around the fire exit handles. As I came back from the last fire exit I closed the fire doors at the top of the corridor and began walking towards the offices when I heard a very loud thud behind me and I turned around to see the heavy fire door swing back open, which took a lot of strength to do, and then slam shut like someone in a powerful rage had stormed through them. To say I felt uneasy is an understatement. I went up the stairs towards the door leading to the offices when I felt someone right behind me, and then what felt like ice fingers on the back of my neck through my hair. I have never entered the code to open the door that fast before. I went through and quickly looked behind me as I closed the door and no one was there. I knew no one else was in the main building except the person at the stage door and I was in radio contact with them so I knew it wasn't them. I grabbed my coat but then knew I had to go back the way I came to leave the building. I took a deep breath with my adrenaline pumping and I walked into the auditorium and it's especially creepy at night with the lights off. However, that night, it was like there were dozens of eyes watching me walk down the aisle past them, and the atmosphere was thick, almost like it was trying to slow me down. I put on a neutral expression as I got to the stage door because the person at the office had always been a bit creeped out easily, and she didn't like working night shifts on the clothes, and I didn't want to frighten her. I figured it was best to make everything seem okay, and we calmly walked to the car park together. I worked there for a few more years and nothing so intense happened again. Yes, there were unexplained footsteps and occasional voice I didn't recognise. Creaking noises, which, let's face it, in a 200-year-old building are easily explainable. But for some reason that night, the building seemed to be awake and in a very bad mood. Oh, I love a theatre ghost story. They're just my favourites. I love them so much. Kevin, I would be interested to know if you had any inkling as to what this was. This thing that sort of slammed the door angrily, fingers through your hair. Ooh, that is horrible. That is horrible. It it puts me in mind of this scene in The Grudge, you know, when she's washing her hair and the hand comes out of the back of her head and she, oh, that's what it reminds me of. I would be so freaked, in general, having to go through the auditorium in darkness at night time in order to be able to leave the building after you've locked up. Oh, because it just feels so big and empty. And there's all those seats, all those places for people to hide. Don't want to put that in people's minds, but there is. And then you've just had this horrible experience where something has violently slammed through a fire door, ran its fingers through your hair, and you have to go back through again and try and keep it cool I mean fair play to you it's very nice of you to keep it cool knowing that the other person who's working was going to be easily freaked out and wouldn't wouldn't be okay with that information and those fire doors are really heavy they are really really heavy so it's not a case of a breeze could open a fire door or you know or or it was like I don't know some sort of mechanism problem those fire doors are big and heavy and they're big and heavy for a reason because they're fire doors so it does take a considerable amount of force to um, open one of those doors I would be I would be questioning the strength the crossfit regime of that entity to be honest and story number two comes from Amy this isn't a personal story but something that happened to my parents when I was younger We used to go to a holiday park in Woolacombe Bay, which I believe is an old town in North Devon. When we checked into our chalet, my mum said she had an eerie feeling about this place, but brushed it off as she hadn't ever seen a ghost before or experienced any kind of paranormal activity. It was a one-bedroom chalet with a pull-out double bed. My sister and I were really young, so my parents took it in turns to sleep in the bed with us, then one on the pull-out bed in the living room. It was the second night and around 4am and my mum was woken up to a black mass standing at the end of the bed and when she sat up to see if it was me or my sister the black mass ran at her through the bed and into the wall. My mum was pretty shaken up but put it down to maybe a nightmare or her imagination. She never mentioned it to my dad as she didn't want to scare us as we were old enough to know what ghosts were and also my dad probably wouldn't have believed her because they aren't the kind of people who believe in the supernatural. On the last night, it was my dad's turn to sleep in the living room, and again at 4am my dad was woken up to the same black mass at the end of the bed, which again ran at my dad and into the wall behind the bed. But the force of the run, and I suppose the shock, caused my dad to fall out of the bed and fracture his wrist, which we later found out on a trip to A&E. In the morning, my dad was explaining to my mum that he had fallen out of the bed and explained why, but was laughing because he didn't think my mum would believe him. When my mum said, That happened to me two nights ago. Let's just say we were relieved to be checking out that day and I believe the holiday park has since closed. We never did find out if there was a history to that place. I've checked myself many times. My parents haven't experienced any ghost encounters since, but it is a story they tell when ghost conversations are brought up from time to time. Of course, if that happened to you individually and you're not somebody who's into the supernatural, et cetera, et cetera, like your mom's first encounter, of course you're going to go, well, that's weird. It was probably like a really vivid dream or whatever, but you wouldn't be dwelling on it or you wouldn't be trying to find a paranormal explanation because it's not part of your day-to-day life. However, having that experience with your dad that a few days later where he's experienced the exact same thing which has caused him to fall out of bed and fracture his wrist is an entirely different situation. So like a black mist at the end of the bed makes me think kind of shadow person vibes but then also repeating the same action again and again. You know the exact same thing happened to your mom and dad. This thing was stood at the end of the bed then it ran through the bed. Obviously causing your dad to get such a shock that he fell out of the bed, which I can totally understand. Considering both your mom and your dad had the same experience, right? And hadn't disgusted prior to your dad obviously falling out of bed and breaking his wrist. Can we speculate that this is real? This is a real entity? So if it is a shadow person, then what is the purpose? Is the purpose literally just to scare people? Is that what the purpose of shadow people is? Just to frighten people? Because if that's the case, I've said it before and I'll say it again, get a better job. Get a less dickish job in the afterlife. And let me tell you, I'll have more respect for shadow people. Want flexibility?
0: Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.
1: And story number three comes from Emily. I remember the first time death became real to me. My brother was at a football camp and I was about six years old. The camp took place at a church and although my family is far from religious, my mom liked others thinking she was close to God. The church asked a man who had a near-death experience to come and speak to the children in the camp. I've no idea why they thought this was an appropriate lesson, but that didn't seem to stop them. The man stood in front of us all and told the story of how he almost died. I don't remember how, but the last thing he said has stuck at me ever since. He said, if you don't pray every day, God will not bring you back as he did for me. I was terrified of death after that, and I swore I would pray to stay alive. I no longer have these feelings, but I thought I would give a little insight into my relationship with death. Before the football camp incident, I had never feared dying. I had a great-grandmother, whom I share a name with. She was hard of hearing, and a past stroke made it very difficult for people to understand what she was saying. I do not remember this, but I have been told that when I was little, I would go and sit in her room and talk to her and listen to her, even though no one else knew what we were saying. She passed not long after, and I inherited her bedroom furniture. It was a beautiful rustic green and I adored it. My mom told me that after her passing I would tell her stories about my grandmother as though we were still having our little chats. My mom just thought I missed her. One night though, I went to my mom and told her a story about my grandmother. This was a story that I shouldn't have known as I wasn't alive when it happened and only the people there knew about it. I wish I remembered what she said and what we talked about. I think she was visiting me after her death and the only explanation I have is having her furniture and sharing her name. I think children are more accepting of the paranormal and that's why I was able to see her. I sometimes wish that was still possible. Later, when I was 16, my mother's mom died of an overdose. I was never close to her as my family didn't want us to be involved with her drug taking. I only really know what she looks like through pictures. Before the news got to us that she had died, I was at the mall. From behind, I saw a woman in her 70s with thick, long, grey hair, just like the pictures. She turned and I saw her. The woman I had seen several times in albums and baby photos. I called my mom and told her and we just shrugged it off as though it was nothing. We never really knew where she was or where her life had taken her, so we just assumed she was in our hometown for the time being. Later that week, we got a call from my mom's uncle saying that she had passed away. The crazy thing, though, was that she was already dead when I saw her. Part of me feels that she was leaving me with one more memory of her. Most recently, and my last very bizarre experience, came about a month ago. I was standing outside saying goodnight to my boyfriend. I always walk him to his car which is parked in the street outside my house. It was dark but the street lamps were on so the road was very visible. I have a brother who lives about two hours from us and he comes home randomly all of the time. My boyfriend and I said our goodbyes and as I was walking back to my house I saw a tall man who had a sort of hunch. I just assumed my brother had arrived out of the blue as usual. I see odd things out of the corner of my eye all the time and never say anything because it freaks my family out. This time though, I really thought it was my brother, so I shouted out, Hey Andrew, what are you doing outside? Nothing. I was so confused. And then he was gone. Andrew hadn't come home that weekend and I was too scared to tell my family anything. Seeing people in my house never frightens me. I just kindly say out loud, please don't scare me. This time though, I thought I was alone in the street at night. It's amazing the things that you remember from childhood. Like if somebody came to a camp and told me that I didn't that if I didn't pray every day God won't bring you back as he did for me right I would be praying until my hands hurt you know what I mean I'm not entirely sure what they were trying to achieve by exposing 6 year olds to that story but I guess it's that kind of misguided idea that fear is a good way to uh, teach children <laughs> And uh, yeah, pretty, that's pretty chaotic energy. I love that story about your grandmother. And you know what? I wonder if genuinely, if you could understand her as a child. So I know that you said she'd had a stroke and it made understanding her very difficult. I think that that children often have a much easier time understanding, say other children with a speech impediment, for example. And I, I think it's partly to do with not having expectations of language in the same way that adults do. So children just accept things and maybe because of that acceptance it's easier to understand what your grandmother was trying to say rather than trying to figure out what you're expecting her to say. I don't, I'm not sure that makes any sense, but it does in my head. And why would she not want to come back and keep talking to the person who could understand the things that she was saying? And later, with your mother's mother, it's very sad that obviously her drug taking had impacted the family so much. But if she wasn't a part of your life, then it's not likely that you would be thinking about her regularly if you didn't know her, for example, if you'd never really met her, if you didn't know anything about her. And then suddenly you see her after the point that she has died. You know, maybe in death she just wanted to wanted to come back and see you one more time, having not had that relationship with you while she was alive. And I wonder if maybe, you know, like you said, you're more susceptible to things. So I I know it's probably very unpleasant to see somebody outside in the street and to think it's your brother and then realize that it's not actually your brother at all. But maybe that susceptibility means that obviously you're just more likely to see people um anywhere, really. And Emily, I don't know why you would ever listen to that and find any comfort in it, because it's probably the least comforting thing that somebody could say to you. So I apologize and we're going to move on. And story number four comes from Harley. Five years ago my sister passed away. I always believed in ghosts, I just never had witnessed anything until she passed. I was still living at home with my mum and after we got through her funeral that's when things started. Nothing crazy, we would come home to our dining room lights on very dim and it's never come on like that before. I believe it was her playing with the light to let us know that she was okay. Sometimes we would be sitting in our living room and out of the corner of our eye we would catch the light come on again. We got used to it and would say hi Tina whenever the light would pop on or if we came home to it on. Five months after my sister passed, my nephew's dad also passed away. My nephew at a young age therefore lost both of his parents. We knew for a couple of days and didn't want to ruin the 4th of July for my nephew because that was his and his mom's favourite holiday. The day after, my mom decided to tell my nephew after I got home from work. And she told me that whenever I pulled into the driveway, she saw a misty, light-like figure move from where they were to the dining room and disappear. When we sat down to tell him, my son, who was two at the time, came up to my nephew and said, Tina is so sorry, Ryder. Tina is so sorry, and walked away. My son didn't understand death at this age, so there was no way he said it on his own. But that comment left my mom and I speechless to this day. My son and I moved out of my mom's about a year later, and I have some of my sister's ashes. In Christmas of 2018, we decorated the tree. And one morning, my Grinch ornament that my sister and I had the same one of, was sitting on my couch when I came downstairs to leave for work and drop my son off at daycare in the morning. I know this wasn't scary but more of a comforting story but the chain of events that happened after my sister's death kind of helped us get through it like she was still there even though she physically wasn't. It sounds like your family went through a lot of traumatic stuff in a short space of time and I'm so glad that you were able to find some comfort in your sister being there after she had passed. And always in these stories I don't think objectivity matters. I think what matters is subjectively how that made you feel. If that made you and your mom feel like we can get through this, we can survive because Tina is still here and letting us know that she is okay, then that is what matters. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Kevin, Amy, Emily and Harley for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 18th of October 2022. And if you would like to send in your story, you can email it to gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra spooky content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. and also that note i shall see you next
0: time head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie all of us strangers starring paul Mescal and andrew scott stream the new hulu original limited series we were the lucky ones with joey king and logan lerman and don't forget about gray's anatomy every gray's episode ever is now streaming on hulu